Welcome into the Putcraft Podcast. My name is Reed Nelson. Thank you for joining me this fine evening. We will be doing a recap of last week's New Year's Eve Open um, and uh, including some fun stats that uh, have been discovered since then. So, uh, real quickly, the Winter Classic at the Grand Slam in Burnsville will take place Thursday, January 12th. That is nine days from right now. We are going to do a 545 start time which is probably what we should have done uh, last week. Uh, we were able to get up on the course a little bit earlier than than normal. I sent a few of you out there, but uh, 545 is when we'll be starting. It's not winter break, so I don't expect it to be, um, and it is a reg, uh, fairly quick course. Um, I don't want to start too early, but 545 feels like a fair compromise to get us out of there by 6 p.m. And then on Saturday, January 28th at 11 a.m., we'll be heading back to the Gulf Zone for our second event of January. Happy New Year to everybody. Uh, I wanted to thank you all. While it's not the end of the Puttcraft League year yet, that goes until March, uh, I do want to thank you all for a wonderful uh, calendar year of 2022 of Puttcraft. Had a lot of fun, learned a lot of new things. Um, I think I think we got better. Uh, I think you all got better on the course. I think I got better as a as, as a league manager, commissioner, uh, media person, and um, I, I've got a ways to go. You guys are all right there where you need to be. Uh, I'm I'm joking. I'm not actually joking. You're all perfectly fine where you are, uh, and I'm going to continue to improve because that's what I want. Okay, quick stat right off the top rope: Matt Rolstead in four rounds at uh, Grand Slam Burnsville. Over the course of uh, now two years, because we played there last year and then this year, 38's all around. 38 twice last year, 38 twice this year. Um, I went back a little ways. I couldn't find any anybody who started out their first four rounds uh, at at uh, at a particular course, uh, be, being or, or having the same scores. It, it it may have happened before. I don't have a quick database to be able to go back and look for those stats. I will one day, but not yet. So let's recap where we're at. 24 people came out last week. Uh, it was wonderful to see so many of you. Obviously a very busy course, uh, but we ended up finishing uh, you know, 15 minutes before close, which was really nice. Eric Casilius, Puttcraft champion, the 10th Puttcraft champion that we've had. Now we're in two double digits. His first win in his third event, and would you know it, he went 94.4% on his BEP percentage once again. No bogeys on his front 18, uh, and then only two on his back 18. Incredibly consistent playing from Eric Caselius. Uh, so far, uh, three top five finishes, and now a win. We'll talk plenty about Rookie of the Year. We've still got three full months left, but let's just say that Eric has, uh, you know, along with Zach, have firmly supplanted themselves into the Rookie of the Year chase uh, along with Joel Brown. It's going to be a fun finish for that one. Second place, Tom Loftus. Oh, and I should also note, both Eric Aselius and Tom Loftus tied course records both on their front 18 with 35s, tying uh, uh, Jacob Hodges 35 from last year's New Year's Eve Open. Tom Loftus, second place, uh, 13 under par, two or three full strokes behind Eric Caselius, uh, but their final five holes were the same. 
birdie, par, birdie, birdie, birdie. It was really on hole 13 where Eric Asilius went two and Tom Loftus doubled it with a four where, you know, the, the lead opened up and never quite closed from there. In a tie for third place at 12 under par, Josh Benish and Matt Rolstead. Uh, and then in fifth place, maintaining his streak of top five finishes is Sean Brown at 11 under par. That is your top five, Eric Casilius, Tom Loftus, Josh Benish, Matt Rolstead, and Sean Brown. In sixth place, things get a little muddy now. Now there's a two-stroke uh, difference between Sean Brown's 11-under and Jeff Woodfill's 9-under. In a tie for seventh place, Matt Wyman, Robin Schwartzman, and Sean Anderson, all at 8-under par. In a tie for 10th place, Dan Wesley and Sam Lapidat at 7-under par. Excuse me, in a tie for 12th place, Anthony Dunkel and Zach Asilius at six under par in a tie for 14th place, a three-way tie. Joel Brown, Joel LaChapelle, Michael Carlson, all at five under par. Uh, in a tie for 17th place, Justin Hackman and Caden Hasilius at three under par. Uh, in 19th place, Daryl Hummany at two under par. In a tie for 20th, Kathleen Malone and Cameron Hasilius at one under par. 22nd place, Jason Peterson at three over. 23rd place, Brady Storhoff at seven over. And 24th place, Aiden Carlson at 10 over. That is your New Year's Eve Open. Uh, last Wednesday, it was already now. Uh, Hard to believe, but the holidays are, I mean, they're officially over, right? It's, it's January 3rd. And yesterday, of course, was a holiday. It's, it's kind of a, a reminder for some people that when, uh, you know, the holidays fall on a weekend, that there is an extra day that is granted as it should be, which is wonderful. So, okay. Um, so let's look at a couple of uh, uh, fun little stats here for you. I've already noted that Eric Asilius's, uh 94.4 BEP percentage is now his third in three attempts. Um, 34 of 36 holes, he has uh, scored par or above. For those of you who are new, BE percentage, BE percentage stands for birdie, an eagle percentage, birdie eagle percentage, or any or any score that is a birdie or better, the percentage of holes that finishes a birdie or better, and then the BEP is the same concept but with pars added in. Meaning, Eric Aselius' is ninety four point four BEP percentage means that ninety four point four percent of his holes were a par or better. Okay, so, um. I, I also noted the the course record of 35. I did think it would be broken. It wasn't quite there, although they were both close. Uh, Tom Loftus did have a bogey on his front 18. Eric Asilius didn't. That was hole three. Tom Loftus's bogey. Two players tied a course uh, a course record for bird or for excuse me for aces in a round, and that is with six aces. That is. Again, Eric Caselius, I've been saying that name quite a bit. I do like saying the last name, and it rolls off the tongue very nicely, Caselius. Uh, and then Robin Schwartzman also had six aces. Congratulations to both of them. There were five holes that went un that went unaced this time around. Hole 10, hole 13, hole 14, 
hole 15, and hole 17. Of those five holes, only one of those holes was aced last time, and that is hole 10, in which Hannah Rolstead aced that hole last time. Hannah Rolstead actually in attendance at last week's New Year's Eve Open. Uh, Didn't play, but was in attendance uh, supporting her father. So, uh, there were two holes that were only aced by one player. Um, And that was hole three. Sam Lapidat was the only player to ace that hole. Uh, And then hole eight, Tom Loftus was the only player to ace that hole. Interestingly enough, uh, both of those holes are par twos. Okay. And, um, you know, so, so, uh, the only green on the graph, uh, there is, uh, is, uh, both Sam Lapidats and Tom Loftus on those respective holes. One of my favorite elements of sports is the momentum, the consistency, the, the, the falling apart factor, if you will, or the opposite. Uh, as in Joel Brown's case, he went 45 on his front 18 and then shaved seven strokes off his back 18 from 45 to 38. I don't know this for certain, but I'm going to go ahead and guess that this was Joel Brown's first trip to the golf zone, or excuse me, to Grand Slam in Coon Rapids, and that would probably account for the 45-38, the seven-point flip around. And when you consider that 38, uh, obviously an extremely respectful score, if not for the 45 on the front 18, uh, we're probably looking at uh, Joel Brown's sixth top five finish in as many uh, events. Of course, his top five finish streak snaps. I shouldn't even call it a streak. He's only had top five finishes no longer as he's now placed uh, in tied for 14th outside of the top five. Um, uh, likewise, uh, well, actually there was one other player, Sean Brown went 41 on the front 18 and 36 on the back 18, uh, good for a five stroke, uh, shave, uh, uh, on, on the second time around one, one stroke off the course record. And Josh Banish went 40-36. Tom Loftus actually went the other direction. A course record, 35 on the front 18, and then a 40 on the back 18. That included two bogeys and a double bogey. The only double bogey of anybody in the top six was Tom Loftus's 13th hole uh, on Wednesday night. There were four instances where a player aced a hole both on their front 18 and on their back 18. Robin Schwartzman did it on hole two. Eric Aselius did it on hole five and hole 18. And Matt Rolstead did it on hole five as well. The three easiest holes on the night for us, for the group, The easiest hole was hole 11, where we averaged 0.96 strokes better than par, which was a par 3. Hole number 16, where we averaged 0.92 strokes better than par, uh, which was also a par 3. And then hole number 7, where we averaged 0.75 strokes better than par, which was also a, or which was a par 3. There were four holes that were among the most difficult. There was a tie for third. By far the most difficult, hole 13, uh, at a .65 strokes over par. In second place, hole 3 at a .25 strokes over par. Uh, 
And then in, excuse me, in second place, tied for second place is hole eight and nine at 0.27 strokes over par. And then hole three at 0.25 strokes over par. So it, it, it played, the course played well, I think. Obviously the course is a little bit older, but you know, the cups are in decent shape. I was able to get a couple of uh, cotton balls at the bottom of a few of them, which certainly helped. I don't think there was a single ball that bounced out. If there was, please let me know. I'm pretty sure I got to all of them. The interesting thing about this course is that each each of the whole bases are uh, slightly different. Um, one of them is just like a straight up rock or a bunch of rocks. And then some of them are really deep and, and padded. And, and so it just kind of depends. And, and, you know, I get it. So hole 13 is the hole, uh, with the wood ramp that you have to put over. So you really can't get a great, um, a great run at the hole. You got to sneak it up there and over. And a couple of times the players weren't able to get it up and over. So that did give some of you, uh, some struggle on Wednesday evening. It was the debut event for both Aiden Carlson and for Caden Hasilius. Caden Hasilius comes in at three under par, um, uh, uh, in 17th place, one eagle on the day, a uh, hole 11 for Caden Hasilius, um, and a 43 42. So, um, one stroke better, uh, on his second 18 than on his first. For Aiden Carlson, um, while he did add four strokes to his back 18, he was one of only two players to eagle hole four, the other player being second-ranked player in Puttcraft, Matt Rolstead. So congratulations to both Aiden Carlson and to Caden Hasilius uh, for making it out uh, to their debut events. We hope to see you more in the future. Um Thank you again, everybody who participated last Wednesday. Uh, had a lot of fun, and uh, oh, always nice to, uh, to 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 get. Well, I appreciate you leaving your hot, your warm home uh, on a, a cold Minnesota evening. Okay, so a couple of housekeeping. I don't know why 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 do people call it housekeeping. I'm going to call it housekeeping. I think that's what all my coaches used to say back in the day. A couple of housekeeping things. We will. Uh, do a new top 10 next week uh, in pre- in preparation of the uh, Winter Classic at, at Grand Slam in Burnsville. And, you know, it's, I don't want to say it's done, but it's it's pretty close to done. I've spent enough time and I, 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 I know where, who's going to be where it's going to be tricky in a couple of spots. Uh, but we're going to have fun with it regardless. There will be some shakeups. Uh, there'll be some solidifying of positions and some shakeups. Obviously at this point, um, Eric Asilius, I believe he was eighth, ninth or 10th last week. I, I don't know off the top of my head. I'll grab it here real quick. Um, he's going to jettison up at or, uh, you know, toward the top. Obviously not at the top, but toward the top. Uh, Eric Caselius was 10th last week. Um, Matt Wyman, who was 9th, and I had spoken about, you know, we hadn't seen him in a while. Joel Brown in 4th, hadn't seen him in a while. Both of them had respectable finishes. Matt Wyman in 7th, of course. Um, maybe did solidify their position, but 
you know, with 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 Eric Asilius doing ha- having a jump with Tom Loftus now ha- having a jump, it'll be interesting to see. Joel Brown's obviously going to come down from four. How far is he going to come down from four? Um, and Eric Asilius is obviously going to come up from ten. But how far up from ten? An- another one is Josh Benish, who's at eight right now, who's going to come up from eight. Um, it- it's going to be a very good podcast. I expect it to um, uh, to go, you know, s- something along the lines of of twenty minutes. I think so. For those of you who don't know, you can head over to puttcraft.com backslash rules, and there's a couple of things in there currently. It is not done. It needs to be, uh, there needs to be more, but there's, there's a piece on, or a video on relief, and there's a video on T-Box locations. So I had a couple of questions regarding T-Box locations from last week, and this is going to come up again at Burnsville, so let's, might as well do it right now. Um, and this is pretty clearly put out on the video, which, you know, some of you haven't seen, and that's totally fine. I get it. We all have lives. we got other things going on. With the black pads, you need to either tee off from the black pad or completely behind, not directly behind, completely behind. And you may say, well, what determines completely behind? Well, there's a box, and you can run a parallel line from that box, and it's behind that line. Right. So where, regardless of where the hole is, if it's a dog leg left, a dog leg right or straight back, that back line on that pad, you can draw a line straight across from it from wall to wall. Now, it's not as big of a deal at Coon Rapids because the it's fairly obvious at Coon Rapids. In Burnsville, it's a little trickier. In fact, it's a lot trickier because the back sections. So Burnsville, the course kind of runs together in, in, in several sections, including like the first three, four, five, six holes. There is no back of the hole necessarily. There is, but, but you can kind of, you walk on green to get to the next hole. So if you pull up the, um, the, uh, the page on puttcraft.com, a really good example for where this is going to get kind of tricky. And by the way, hole 16 is the reason why we have the on or behind roll, uh, rule in the first place, because that bridge on hole 16 is very tight. It's meant for little kids. It's not meant for adults. So most of you will take advantage of, of putting completely behind that hole. Okay, if you go to hole six, hole six is probably the best example. And there's a couple of paths down hole six. There's one straight or to the left, if you will, and then there's one around to the right. And then there's that little pad back there. If you're going to the right, if for some reason you're playing on the right, you probably are not going to use the pad. You're going to go and tee off very far over to the right. As long as you're behind that line, that imaginary line from the back of the pad drawn straight across, you're fine. Okay? So that's something to keep in mind. Hole 18 is another example. Hole 1. Technically, hole 1 is hole 18. For those who don't know, we play 1 four times, but we count it as hole 1 and hole 18. If you're going to put it straight down uh, uh, the pipe, if you will, you're going to probably use the pad. You wouldn't necessarily have to. If you're going to go around, you probably won't use the pad. You'll see off behind the pad. There's much more open grass behind the pad um, at 
Burnsville than there is in Coon Rapids. Hole 4 is another example. I don't actually know if it makes sense for you to use the pad on hole 4. You could simply go to the right and back and have, you know, an 8-inch longer uh, route to the hole, but you know, generally potentially a straight shot. You know, I don't know. You guys will all figure it out. So, uh, hole 10 is another one. I think many of you will take advantage of not having to use the pad at Burnsville, but just keep in mind, completely behind, not directly behind, completely behind the pad is where we're going to need you. Okay. The, uh, j- just a quick look ahead. The course record at Burnsville is Matt Rolstead's 34 last March 31st. And, uh, Kathleen Malone, seven aces in one round. That is the putt craft record. Will that record fall? You know, it's, it's, it's tough to say. I, it's here. Let's put it this way. Kathleen Malone had eight aces at the Pirate Spring Open last March. Seven in one round, one in the other. Okay. And that seven included four in a row and five in six holes. Okay. There were one, two, three, four, five other play players who had seven aces total. Joel Brown had seven aces. He had four on his front 18 and three on his back 18. Matt Rolstead actually had um, one on his front 18 and six on his back 18. So he was right there with Kathleen Malone, one behind. Justin Hackman had seven aces on the day, including five on his front 18 and two on his back 18. Jeff Woodfill had seven aces on the day, including four on his front 18 and three on his back 18. And lastly, Matt Heimerman had seven aces on the day. That includes three on his front 18 and four on his back 18. And there are, there, there is a, there is a menagerie. How do you like that? I like that for a word. There is a menagerie of holes that are um, aceable. I do want to let you know that I did pause the podcast to see if I used the word menagerie correctly. And I would say no, but also it's close enough to where I'm not going to go back and get rid of it. It's close enough. Okay. Um, I like using big words, even if they might just be a little incorrect. (laughs) Sometimes this is a safe place. And then, of course, Kathleen Malone with uh, one ace on her front 18. And then why not seven aces on her back 18? That is a course record or uh, a putt craft record. Tom Loftus earlier that year had five aces in a round at Veterans Memorial Park. uh, And then... um, you know, Matt Rolstead, I believe, was aware of that record, went for six, but then had to be informed that Kathleen Malone had just <laughs> gone for seven. So while there is a wide variety of holes that are aceable, um, it, you know, it, we'll see. We'll see if Kathleen Malone's seven uh, fall. I would like to play this course twice this, um, this winter. I don't believe we're going to head back to uh, Grand Slam 
Coon Rapids again. I think the whole New Year's Eve at Grand Slam Coon Rapids works for me. I think it works uh, uh, pretty well. And um, but I, I, I do see us potentially playing this course twice. Uh, again, we're going to try for a couple of cor- a couple of events in February and then a couple in March as well. So, uh, and I was uh, informed by several of you that you would be up for a Moose Mountain weeknight event. Uh, so I believe that is what we're going to try in early February. Um, there are only so many indoor courses that we can play in Minnesota. Um, and there are, yes, there are a couple we have not visited yet. I don't know if they'd be right, correct fits for us. We could always take a look at it, uh, later on down the road, but, um, the league year ends March 31st. So chances are you're going to have six more events to make an impression on, uh, the, the voting committee for the following, uh, awards, which are player of the year. Last year, it was Player of the Year and Rookie of the Year. We combined it into one because it was our first year. Sean Brown won that. There were six people nominated. Hole of the Year. Uh, Robin Schwartzman took that one home. Hole three at Lily Putt, the only double eagle on the year. There were five candidates. Most Improved Player, Jason Peterson, took that one home. Again, five candidates as well. And then there was Round of the Year. Sean Brown took that home uh, for Lily Putt, 25 uh, under. Uh, on August 24th. And then we also con- uh, awarded contributor of the year, which went to Matt Rolstead as well. So, uh, there'll be, there'll be more awards this year. Uh, we'll do a rookie of the year in addition to a player of the year. And then if there's anything else that, that we can think of between now and then we will certainly do very much enjoy, uh, doing that. So, okay. That is it for today. Uh, I rambled on a little longer than expected. We'll be back next week with a uh, Grand Slam Burnsville Winter Classic preview, uh, along with the updated top 10. Have a safe new year and stay warm. We'll chat soon. <laughs>